Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Trump wants himself a special master. I don't know if you can necessarily blame the guy. If you take a look at this raid on his home, anybody who thinks that this is rational, okay, or normal is out of their head. This raid, in every way, was not only horrific, was not only an abuse of power, this looks very bad for the DOJ, for the FBI, and for a political party known as the Democratic Party that wants to make the claim that they're the ones safeguarding democracy. No democracy here was safeguarded. No rule of law, which is what they mean by democracy, was safeguarded. Unless, of course, we're discussing the fact that they don't know that we're a republic, but hey. You know, I don't think they actually know. Tony Katz, good to be with you guys. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number. You are more than welcome to call in. Let me know what you're thinking. So Trump is taking a look at this and saying, you know what? The more you look at this warrant, this warrant is a sizzling hot mess. And this warrant is a sizzling hot mess. It's a mess because, well, it doesn't actually, based on a rational view, follow the Fourth Amendment to the United States Constitution. The Fourth Amendment is very clear that uh, the right of the people are to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. You want to do it? You'll need a warrant with probable cause, supported by by oath or affirmation, particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. This warrant said you should look for fruits of crime. Fruits of crime. Well, that is code for grab it all, boys. We'll figure it out later over a beer. That's not the Fourth Amendment at play. It makes one wonder how the judge, Reinhardt, allowed this to begin with. Now, what's interesting is that he is the one who is right now saying, unseal the uh, the warrant. I'm sorry, not the warrant, the affidavit. The warrant is the thing that, that, that we've basically seen which is this incredibly broad document that says, uh, grab it all. The affidavit is what information did they have that made them say, you know what, we need a warrant. That's what's in the affidavit. The affidavit has not been unsealed. Well, not in total. The DOJ is arguing that the the to unseal the affidavit 
would be to give away specific levels of trade secrets or or a really uh, uh, show a blueprint of how this prosecution is, is being handled, and therefore it will take away their ability to properly prosecute. The judge, Bruce Reinhardt, the same guy who offered up the warrant, is like, yeah, that, that does not fly. The government argues, he writes, that even requiring it to redact portions of the affidavit that could not reveal agent identities or investigative sources and methods imposes an undue burden on its resources and sets a precedent that could be disruptive and burdensome in future cases. They're saying not only, not only can we not provide it unredacted, even if we were to redact it, it would still allow too much information to get out there about what we do and how we do it. Therefore, we can't redact. We, we can't give you any of it. The judge continues, I do not need to reach the question of whether in some other case these concerns could justify denying public access. They very well might, particularly given the intense public and historical interest in an unprecedented search of a former president's residence. The government, writes Judge Reinhardt, has not yet shown that these administrative concerns are sufficient to justify sealing. I therefore reject the government's argument that the present record justifies keeping the entire affidavit under seal. The government asked that I give it an opportunity to propose redactions if I declined to seal the entire affidavit. I granted that request, giving the government a deadline of noon on Thursday, August 25th. So we should see some part of the affidavit. Now, I, I think what will happen, as as you would think uh, what will happen, is that the DOJ will come back with way too much uh, redacted, and the Trump team will say, what is this nonsense? And they'll say national security, and the judge will say, stop it. That's what one would assume, and then we'll have to wait even longer. The entire explosion of conversation was why doesn't Trump release the, 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 the warrant? If he has nothing to hide, why doesn't he release the warrant? And then what did Trump do? He released the warrant, and the left went crazy. They lost their ever-loving minds. Let me try that again. That's a much better scream. And now, they, they, they didn't want the DOJ to release it, let Trump release it. I said let the DOJ release it. Now, the same people who wanted Trump to release the warrant, so because, why? well, if you have nothing to hide, Trump, are they going to be the people who says, well, the DOJ doesn't have to show what they have in the, in the affidavit? They don't need to show how they got to this place of needing to raid his house and grab, look for fruits of crime. Anything they said is fine. Can you imagine being somebody with a straight face in today's America saying anything the FBI wanted to do was fine and on the up and up? <laughs> Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. I wasn't the sound effect I was going for, but screw it, it worked. The DOJ looks the fool here. The DOJ looks like they have something to hide here. 
So we'll see how it plays out. The key is that no part of this gets to the gang of eight. I will gladly. I mean, show me where I'm wrong. Let's start with do we know what the gang of eight is? The gang of eight is this grouping of eight uh, senators and, and representatives, four Democrats, four Republicans. And they're this bipartisan working group that deals with certain information and then uh, brings it out to the rest of uh, the center of the House when needed and when necessary. So the, this de facto advisory board on specific congressional subjects, that's what they utilize it as. The Gang of Eight includes Mitch McConnell and Marco Rubio. It includes Chuck Schumer and Speaker Pelosi. It includes, it includes Kevin McCarthy. And it includes Adam Schiff. The Gang of Eight, as is reported, Newsmax with the story, has requested access to the documents taken from the FBI raid of Trump's home. If you give the Gang of Eight any of these documents, you're out of your damn mind. You're out of your head. You want me to trust that Schiff or Schumer won't leak or that a Republican won't leak? No chance. And how dare they think they have access to this when the argument is that the warrant is way too broad and a total abuse of the Fourth Amendment. That's what they should be arguing. Anybody of a thinking metal who's worth a damn should be saying the same. We allow this in America? You think I care if you hate Trump? I don't care if you hate Trump. What does it matter? What does it matter that you're an obsessed freak? You think a warrant like this is okay? Lawyers who think this is okay should have to identify themselves so we can know who not to hire. This is out of control. The Gang of Eight is nuts. They don't deserve any part of this. They shouldn't get don't give them any information. No matter what. Doesn't matter what they say. They cannot, cannot, cannot be trusted. Do not, do not give them any part of it. I only hope they listen to me. I'm Tony Katz. When I was six years old, I broke my leg. And I was running from my brother so I have a two-part story, really two different stories on the same subject. And it's a subject of pushing lies and hatred onto kids. Pushing agenda onto kids. putting in, Pushing indoctrination onto kids, which we see in schools and we see from uh, a, a, a class of people who we're supposed to think of as experts. When doctors are saying they're there to help three-year-olds on their journey, on their gender journey, 
Well, that's not a doctor that is to be trusted. That is a child abuser. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.com, TonyKatz.locals.com. That's the place to be. That's where cool stuff's happening. So, there is a PhD by the name of Christy Oleski. She is with uh, Yale. And, uh, well, this is a video. I'm a clinical psychologist by training, and I am the director of the Yale Gender Program, which is an interdisciplinary program working with gender expansive individuals, three to 25, and their families. We um, help individuals who are questioning their gender identity or who identify as transgender or non-binary. We help them with their gender journey, um, thinking through that, thinking through the risks and the benefits of uh, medical intervention, uh, starting medical intervention, um, and also building supports around them. And I love what I do, so it's really, really wonderful to if you love what you do, you love abusing children. I'm saying that this is my take. I can't tell you if based on the laws of Connecticut, this woman has abused children. But if you think a three-year-old is on a gender journey, you're a child abuser in my view. Three-year-olds aren't on gender journeys. Three-year-olds are trying not to crap their pants. That's what three-year-olds are doing. If a three-year-old girl plays with trucks, it doesn't mean they're actually a boy. And if you think that, you're a child abuser. I didn't know this was going to be shocking to anybody. I'm glad I could clear it up. If you think that a three-year-old is on a gender journey, this is indoctrination, not, not only abuse, but it's indoctrination to try and normalize something that is a clear mental issue. Whether we want to get into DSM-4 or DSM-5, which would be about how these issues are defined, in case you never heard the term DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, DSM-5, the fifth edition. That is the book utilized by the American Psychiatric Association. The DSM serving as the basically the authority for psychiatric diagnoses. A three-year-old playing with trucks is not indicative of anything other than it's a cool truck until the next shiny object comes along. If your kid eats chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream, is it proof of racism or bigotry? I, 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 I don't know. I, I, who knows with these people what levels of insanity they, they believe. Let's move it over to education. There's a teacher in Utah who decided to make a video to let you know that uh, they are, uh, they're, they're really you know having to work now because they're now in a posh white school. And, well, they don't build their classroom for white students. So for the first time in my life, I'm going to be teaching at a majority white school. And I'm kind of interested to see how um, students and parents react to my classroom or if they even notice anything about it um, because it's built for non-white students. That's a racist. 
If I built a, st- a classroom only for white students, that would be racism. If it's built for non-white students, that is also racism. She teaches fourth grade. Take away her ability to teach. Don't let her near children. Put an ankle monitor on her. Don't let her near kids. This abusive bigot. Sorry, white kid. This classroom wasn't built for you because you're an oppressor. You're in fourth grade, but you're an oppressor. Do you know how ridiculously hateful that is? And all of these people all think that they're super kind. Um, and what I mean by that is like, if you look around and you interact with some of the materials I have, you'll, you'll notice that there's like no white kids represented in that. Um, so just on like that, that very first level of multicultural education. And I don't think like my new students will mind, but you know, not a single white face there. Same with my coloring pages. I have a big stack of coloring pages that students can use and not a single one with a person on it depicts a white person or character. We should note that this teacher is white, but look how, what good she's doing. She's standing up. She's so woke. This, you hate, you hate kids. You want to teach kids to hate themselves. You believe that they're guilty for their existence because you feel guilty for your existence. Now we're getting back to the psychiatry of it all, the psychology of it all, the transference. You feel guilty, so therefore these kids should feel guilty? No one should feel guilty because they're not guilty. You psychopath. You bigoted loser. Shouldn't be allowed near children. Shouldn't be allowed to teach. If this is your teacher, your kids can't learn anything. It's indoctrination. It's not education. If you think your three-year-old is on a gender journey, that's indoctrination. Also, crappy parenting. Three-year-olds? I stand by that one. I've parented some three-year-olds. They're three. Maybe take a breath and a beat before signing them up for some gender reassignment surgery or other medicines that are going to absolutely horrify and ruin them in their future. I'm Tony Katz. The reporting says that the U.S. is announcing a $3 billion arms package to Ukraine. Oh, are they paying for this? I think that's going to be the... Uh, yep, I think that's the question. Are, are they paying for this? And uh, I don't have... Uh, U.S. security assistance is shifting to a longer-term campaign that will likely keep more American military troops in Europe into the future including plans to announce an additional $3 billion in aid to train and equip Ukrainian forces to fight for years to come. Okay. This, this is going to make people nuts. Tony Katz. 
Tony Katz today. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. I'm always told I don't, I don't take enough calls. It's uh, Tony, you don't take any calls. What are you so afraid of? I, what a, look, I'm not afraid. It's just the people who say, what are you so afraid of? They're terrible callers. They're the, they're the worst kind of people. And they've never, ever sexually satisfied their partner in bed. So those are not people. I want to talk to people who have accomplishments, damn it. 833-GOT-TONY. Happy to hear from you. 833-468-8669. Brian Stelter is out at at, uh, CNN. Yes, 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 yes. So glad. Because Brian Stelter was terrible at his job. Terrible, miserable, awful at his job. And he had the audacity to tell us that he mattered, to tell us that he was important. Now, we should be clear, plenty of people are bad at their job. This is Yamichi Alcindor. She is, uh, she was PBS. She's now with NBC. And she, I mean, she's got a doozy of a claim right here about what the country's really worried about. And I've been out on the campaign trail. I'm in Alabama just today ta- doing some stories about sort of redistricting and the and the political atmosphere in this state. But what you see really is on the Democratic side, people that are very, very worried about the direction of this country. They're very worried, especially about former President Trump possibly coming back into power or former President Trump or, or another Republican stealing the election in 2022 or 2024 because we've seen so many election deniers be be elected. So a lot of Democrats on the Democratic side, they're very worried about a first are you allowed to say uh stealing elections i thought that was something you're not allowed to say you can't steal election in the united states it's never happened 74 percent of americans say the country's heading in the wrong direction because trump could get reelected. well first let's hear it for recognizing that trump could get reelected. by the way the nasdaq's up 31 the dow is down 104 Gas prices have stayed in that $4 range, 380, 405. You think Trump's really the main issue? The cost of food up 13% year over year, which I'll dig into more of. You think it's Trump? Yumichi Alcindor is lying through her teeth. That's a journalist? No, that's a propagandist. That's Brian Stelter. Brian Stelter could not accept the fact that he was not making anything better. He was not contributing to the conversation. He was not saying, here's what people are saying, here is my take. He was saying, here's why these people are bad. Let me bring you 20 people who will tell you why these people are bad. But no conversation about other people who had done some level of wrong. All about one side. All about one side. I mean... This was Stelter signing off. I believe America needs CNN to be strong. I believe the free world needs CNN to be strong. And it will continue to be. 
because all of us are going to help make that happen. The free world needs a reliable source. So, for reliable sources, for the last time, I'm Brian Stelter. Thanks for being with us. Is reliable sources a reliable source? Is CNN we want it to be when Clarissa Ward is reporting from Afghanistan about the Taliban? You know what that is? Reliable. It. If you never saw it after uh, the horrific U.S. withdrawal by President Biden of Afghanistan, Clarissa Ward was was there reporting. You, for those of us who grew up with uh, the the um, invasion of Iraq, CNN in its heyday, that was reporting. Clarissa Ward, the the fall of Afghanistan. That was reporting. And it, it was excellent. Go, go they might have videos on YouTube or, or Rumble or, or somewhere. Check. Fantastic. That's a reliable source. Not you, Brian Stelter. You'll notice, by the way, one problem with what he said. So, four reliable sources for the last time. That's not I'm it. Brian Stelter. The free world needs a reliable source. Notice that it's singular. The free world needs a reliable source. Note that it is singular. It doesn't need more than one point of view. It only it only needs the proper point of view. And to his credit, Howard Kurtz, who actually I think he, he hosted that show for a while, right? He hosted the show at CNN and then he moved over to, to Fox to be their media guy. Here's his take. Chris Lick. Partisanship on the network, a return to its roots. And that makes sense. The problem is after six years of bitterly anti-Trump and relentlessly anti-Fox programming, CNN had surrendered that reputation. And it had plenty of company in the business. Then the sugar high of Trump-driven rage. And the one with less than half the ratings is taken off the air. That might be considered part of the story, but most mainstream accounts, except for the Washington Post, didn't bother to mention media buzz, which is fine. Many also didn't mention that the other show on CNN had been my show. I helped build that franchise, and I was very proud of being fair to conservatives, liberals, independents, and everyone else. It was a different era at CNN. Now everybody makes mistakes, including me, but fairness is the brand I brought here, where there are also very strong opinions from commentators, as well as many journalists who try their best to play it straight. And in this hyper-polarized era, as I'm reminded every few minutes, not everyone wants ballast. They just want you to be on their team. But I believe we've shown there's a loyal audience that craves fairness over partisanship. So now there's only one media analysis program on national television, and you're watching it. Now, there should be others. I mean, people are interested in it. 
Like, for example, when the guys at Newsbusters show you how little time NBC or ABC spend on, for example, the story of Hunter Biden's laptop. That's fascinating stuff to see where they focus their time. And I think that there is a market for it. And I think that the market is very well open to uh, Newsmax and News Nation to, to move down this road. And yes, there's a market for CNN to get back into the space, into this place. But what of this idea of Chris Licht, the new CEO, L-I-C-H-T? What to make of the idea that he is indeed looking to bring about a better sense of of the of the show it's uh, of the network itself what does that mean what balance are you actually going for are you saying that you don't want to play in in uh the woke uh in in, in the woke world well that would be great what world are you going to play in? You have um, uh, News Nation that is trying to play a little bit more in that center space. Now, News Nation, I happen to like. They've been very, very lovely to me. I do a lot of work with them. I think there's great opportunity there, and they are backed by some huge money. Nexstar, N-E-X-S-T-A-R, huge money, guys. Huge, giant, major dollars. They have opportunity to grow, but I don't think they were prepared for the hit when they announced that Chris Cuomo would be doing their 8 p.m. show. I think they brought on Chris Cuomo and said, this is going to help us, uh, you know, gain some credibility or uh, solidify uh, us. And a lot of people said, oh, that's that's not good. I, I wonder whether it's something they regret or whether they are like, you know what? Enough people tune in to make it interesting. The, the heck, when they announced that they were bringing him on board and they had him on the on on one of the shows, it was the highest ratings they had gotten. So this is going to work. People are going to come for the curiosity. They'll stick around for some of the other stuff, and that's how we're going to grow. I don't actually know how they're going to do it, but there's an opportunity for them, and no opportunity can involve following the Brian Stelter model. Just like no opportunity can exist, no opportunity can exist following the Liz Cheney model. Liz Cheney proved why she lost her reelection campaign, why she lost her primary. Because after losing, she declared that Republican voters and leadership as very sick. It is says that clearly Trump's hold is very strong among some portions of the Republican Party. My state of Wyoming is not necessarily a representative sample of the party. I think it says a couple of things. I think it says people continue to believe the lie. They continue to believe what he's saying, which is dangerous. I think it also tells you that large portions of our party, including the leadership of our party, is very sick.
If you believe the party was sick, you, you say so. If you believe the voters are sick, why are you trying to represent them? You have to convince them you did not do such a thing. You got to go out there and find the people that you have convinced and then work with them. But when you hate the people, you can't represent them because it shows. I was on News Nation, and uh, this was over the weekend. This was Sunday. Sunday night. I was on a couple times. And one of the conversations we had was about Ron DeSantis and how Ron DeSantis is going to take on Trump, Trump versus DeSantis, and how is he going to attract people? How does he walk the line with the MAGA crowd? Governor DeSantis proving to be Donald Trump's main threat in the GOP presidential primary, potentially. Should the former president be worried? Well, let's uh, go back uh, just just a moment. First, Crystal is right. Ron DeSantis is remarkably uh, formidable, and the Democratic Party has absolutely no one who they can put up against him. Zero. They have no bench at all, and that's one of the reasons they're very concerned uh, about Ron DeSantis. But the importance of DeSantis and the reason he is so popular is that he isn't just talking the talk. You talk about all these candidates who want to play in that MAGA world. Ron DeSantis is doing things. He sees parents being attacked for supporting their kids' education. You've got the parental uh, bill of rights there. You see Disney deciding to go uber woke. He's having actions about Disney. Whether you agree or disagree, it is about an action being taken. That's what has made him so wildly popular. Is President Trump concerned? I'm not in the inner circle uh, there with President Trump, but I would assume that every Republican who is considering a run for president is aware of the name Ron DeSantis. I'm not wrong about that. But then she tried to turn the question around, and in turning it around, again, doesn't have it right. Tony, you know, we're watching him court this base that denies the validity of the election, and he has not weighed in on it publicly himself. How can he continue to do this? Won't he eventually be forced to take a stance here? I would reject the premise of the question. You think that that's where the political right is in its totality. There are people who ob- object, disagree, don't believe the election. There are people who question certain parts of the election issues that took place. There are people who are really talking about the problems with mail-in voting and are being very honest and earnest about that. And I think that if you asked uh, Governor DeSantis about that subject, he'd have a, a-, a lot to say. But what he is doing is about action, and that's what matters. We, The last thing we need is somebody who talks a big game. These are people who are trying to play a character that they think Donald Trump is. Ron DeSantis is playing the part of governor, of executive, of leader, and that's what's turning people on, and that's why he's getting so much excitement. Yes, he is. Because he is connecting through action. He didn't need to go all in on Trump. He needed to be him. And if Liz Cheney had understood that it's not all about Trump, but it's about the conservatism and the things you can do, would have helped her. But she hates the people who disagree with her. Hates them. And uh, they felt it, so they responded in kind. Just the facts. Something that News Nation and others should remember as they watch how people responded to Brian Stelter. And how the new leadership did too. I'm Tony Katz. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you. If you missed my conversation with Tony Kinnick, 
of the chalkboard review. I will share that with you. What is going on with schools, the Hamilton Southeastern schools, uh, Fishers, Indiana, to the north and to the east of Indianapolis? And it's not just here. It is teachers who are actually activists thinking that their classroom is the place for it when it's not. If you missed that story, I will share it with you. And Governor Holcomb is in Taiwan. Fine by me. If it means he's listening to this show and finally taking my advice, good, solid, excellent, perfect, I'm thrilled. I'm overjoyed. I've got that story coming up as well. Find everything at TonyCats.com. And the book, Let's Go Bourbon, My People. It's so good. Amazon.com is where you get it. Let's Go Bourbon and Amazon.com. The barbecue book is working. We're going to try and get it out on time. That's going to be called Let's Go Barbecue. It's a series, people. I never lie. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.